We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know the team isn't winning, per se, but whatever. Watch them next, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Watch them. <laughs> Kyrie Irving paints another masterpiece with 32-21 coming in the fourth quarter. That's an incredible win. I mean, you have no Kevin Durant, no Beth Simmons, no T.J. Warren, and the incredible contributions from your bench across the board, the lights out shooting, Kyrie goes and gives his college coach a hug. Mm. I want to beat those fucking guys at some point before I die, preferably. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back uh, after a night away from you all after a um, after the best win of the season coming two nights after the best win of the season. We now have certainly not the worst loss of the season. Um, nowhere close, but a frustrating loss. Um, it is good to be back, despite the fact that this is yet another loss to the Brooklyn freaking nets i'm going to try not to curse too much on this lovely otherwise lovely saturday night um annoying game annoying game and we'll talk about why it was annoying in a minute but first i want to give credit where credit is due i wasn't able to do to separate myself out of the the moment after the dallas game and we witnessed you know well that was one of the great performances in nba history what luka Doncic did in that game um you know, 60 points and, and what have you. Uh, I could do it tonight for whatever reason. And it's weird because Kyrie Irving, as I've said this before, people people know my stance on him. I am, let's just say I'm not a fan um, of him, the person. But that's just, I mean, that's just greatness. That's greatness and didn't matter who was guarding him, didn't matter what shot you forced them into. Over the fourth quarter of that game, there was nothing you were doing to stop that guy. And you tip your cap for sure. You tip your cap. And like, yes, the Nets have gone. They had gone two and six since KD went down with the injury. They are now three and six. And the two wins they had prior to this win were games where Kyrie Irving just went insane and did things that no, no human being is supposed to be able to do on a basketball court. And now they got their third win. But for as much as I want to give Kyrie his flowers, and again, there's a reason that the players, his fellow, his peers in the league voted him ahead of any other guard in the Eastern Conference for the for the um, NBA All-Star game, ahead of Donovan Mitchell, ahead of Jalen Brown, ahead of Tyrese Halliburton, ahead of all those guys. 
for as much as I want to sit here and be like, well, Kyrie went crazy and that's why he lost the game. Anybody who watched this game knows that that is not true. Because the reason the Knicks lost this game is because they decided. They kind of started to decide early in the third quarter to uh, to start playing defense. They really decided like late third, early fourth, like, OK, we're going to really we're going to defend up to our capabilities now. And that part was so incredibly frustrating to sit and watch this team. Um, I, I I don't really. Not that I don't care what the what the Nets finished with as far as their their ultimate like they, their box score and from three ended up. <laughs> Actually, I was prepared to look at their final numbers from three and be like, okay, they ended up at like, you know, 38 or 42%. No, no, no. They ended up at 55% from three, 22 of 40 from behind the arc. <clears throat> the point is, even though the Knicks improved their three point defense uh, or their defense overall, and they did uh, as the game went on and specifically as the second half went on, they did not defend at a level that a team needs to defend at if they want to win a game in the NBA today. It doesn't really matter who you're playing um, with, you know, with the exception of maybe three or four teams, but even like any, listen, the Hornets won some games recently, you know, the Spurs beat us this season. The Rockets have won however many games that they like. Anybody could win. If you don't come out and you don't cross your T's and dot your eyes on defense, um, teams are going to be able to beat you. And this Nets team, and I said it during halftime, and I fully believe this, I thought they got a benefit. Maybe this is matchup specific, talking about the Knicks, because the Knicks have obviously had issues guarding the three this year. And I don't think a lot of those, a lot of the issues they've had guarding the three this year, I don't think those were necessarily the same issues as we saw tonight, and we'll get to that. But like, I thought the fact that Ben Simmons was out tonight was a good thing for Brooklyn, and a bad thing for the Knicks, because it allowed the Nets to always, 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 without fail, have four shooters, four good shooters, four threatening shooters, shooters with gravity on the floor. And that is just not something that the Knicks defend, like, are, are good at defending. And they did a pretty good job of it against Boston. Boston did hit a commensurate number of, th- commensurate number of threes. Wasn't like this, though. And like, look, this was a ultimately a seven-point loss. I think that's representative of how the two teams fared. Uh, Although I do think the Knicks are the more talented team. Like it's a seven point loss and the team that beat you shot 22 of 40 from three. You could play far. And the the Knicks, again, they didn't defend poorly the entire night. They started defending and even sprinkled in throughout the first half and the beginning of the second half. There were some moments of good um, individual defense, specifically by the three point arc. So I don't, I don't want to paint one broad picture, but like you could defend the line, defend the arc atrociously for 48 minutes and not see a team go 22 or 40 and hit that many shots from behind the arc. And then it's did. And like a lot of those were really good, just good shots, like shot maker shots with good contests. I'm not even talking about the Kyrie ones at the end, like sprinkled throughout the game. So like, yes, you do want to tip your cap. But again, I'm going to go back to the fact that if the Knicks defended like they were capable of defending throughout the entire evening, this is a game I think they would have won because they are the more talented of these two teams. And they're just they're better. But with with no Kevin Durant, they're they're better team. Um, And I don't think that that's crazy to say at all. I also thought offensively they played wasn't the best offensive game. We're going to go through some of the some of the 
pockmarks. But like, you know, they scored 115 points against the next team with like a, a guy who right now, if you look at defensive player of the year odds, Nick Claxton, I think, is either the second or third uh, front runner for defensive player of the year. So they got that dude in the middle and he is playing. I mean, credit to him playing at playing really good defense, really developed his offensive game. Another guy I was really impressed by tonight was Nick Claxton. Um, but they have guys that just they like they're small. That's the thing. They're small with Seth. With um, with Kyrie Irving, when they, they play a little Patty Mills tonight, yes, they're small. And the Knicks did a really, really good job of taking advantage when they were able to take advantage of, of Brooklyn size. And like, you know, Brunson got going a little bit. We're going to talk about R.J. Barrett. Don't worry. The apology is going to be louder than the disrespect. But yeah, the, the Knicks offense tonight wasn't the problem. It was it was obviously the defense. And, and again, that is that is frustrating. Um. It's frustrating. You want to keep it in context. If someone, if anyone would have told any of us, the Knicks were going to go two and one this week with games against Cleveland, Boston, and Brooklyn. Any of us would have signed for that on the dotted line. And again, this team doesn't quit. They don't know how to quit. And they didn't quit tonight. There was a moment where, you know, they had a couple moments in the fourth quarter where this, you know, Brooklyn misses a shot. They come down the other end make a basket. Maybe it's a tie game. Brooklyn kept hitting the big shot. So give them, give them credit for that. Uh, but this is a game they could have won. I would argue this is a game they should have won. And, uh, and they didn't talk about some individual Knicks briefly, because I know this is the stuff that always comes up throughout the evening, trying to decide who I want to start with. There's a couple of guys I feel like we could start with tonight because I sent out a, a particular tweet that angered, uh, very many folk during the Boston game. I will start with RJ Barrett. Um, do I think that RJ Barrett played a great game? No, I don't think RJ Barrett played a great game. RJ continues to have moments where his misses are more impactful than the misses of pretty much any not pretty much anyone else on the team because it's it's you know, it's moments like on the first half where you have a wide open Obi Toppin standing 10 feet behind you and you're taking a tough mid-ranger over three guys. You have moments like that. You have, you know, um, a, a, a rush shot um, early in the clock where, you know, the shot doesn't hit rim. And there were two of those. He had two, one was off the backboard. Another one didn't hit anything, you know, that spurs a nice fast break opportunity for Brooklyn. I know everybody's like, he said, he's going to start by saying nice things about RJ Barrett. What does he do? He kills RJ Barrett. I'm trying to explain why RJ Barrett is so frustrating to me because the moments that are bad for him, for whatever reason, Maybe it's a me thing. Probably is a me thing because nobody else seems to feel the same way I do. They really do get under my skin. That being said, for as much as he had some of those moments, and especially in the first half, overall tonight, absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And the other part of it, and I've said versions of this before, but I'll say it again. The part of why I get so frustrated with the bad moments is because when you see him in the third quarter, when he's just owning the floor, He's the best offensive player on the court on a court that contains Kyrie fucking Irving and RJ Barrett's the best offensive player out there because he's doing whatever he wants. He's working his way into the matchup that he wants. He's methodically taking guys into the post. Nobody could stop him. He's too big. He's too strong. He's too skilled down low. When he takes his time, when he does that stuff, he could be the best offensive player on the Knicks if he does that, if he did that stuff all the time, but you get it mixed in with the other things. 
and then it creates this topsy-turvy situation. I also thought his on-ball defense tonight was pretty good. Um, I thought there were a couple of moments off-ball that could have been a little bit better, but um, I do think R.J. Barrett was the best Nick tonight, and um, good job by him, and they needed those buckets, especially in the third quarter, because every game is different, and at some point tonight, the Knicks needed to make a push, and I thought their big push obviously needed to be in the third quarter. Excuse me. I'm still feeling a little under the weather, so bear with me tonight. His buckets were big, even though they were in the third quarter. Those buckets were really big. So kudos to RJ Barrett. Um, great job. Good, great game. Uh, next up, close second. Might have been the first guy that I talked about where it were it were it not for my my words last night or two nights ago. Um <laughs> uh, is Emmanuel Quickly. I'm seeing Ben Chief's tweet. Uh, Emmanuel quickly. What else is new? Emmanuel quickly plays a great game. He's starting to shoot the ball. He was four or seven from deep. You would have loved the, um, there was one corner three. I think he had that missed down the stretch, maybe two. He finished four or seven. I feel like from deep, he was six of 11 overall, but just like the guy, I, I continue to watch these games and he played for 28 minutes tonight. You could argue he should have played a few minutes more. I'm just waiting for him to make a mistake. Maybe he makes one mistake a game. If that, where you're like, oh, that wasn't a great play or that wasn't a great look from Emmanuel quickly. Maybe, maybe he makes one a game and he's spoiling us. And it's like, it's one thing if you have the guy that has very little responsibility and a a low usage rate, and he's the one that's only making the one or two mistakes a game, like a guy like Deuce. A guy like Deuce shouldn't make one mistake a game. He should make zero mistakes a game because so he has such a defined, definitive role. Quickly, it's not doing a lot more than that. And he's the fourth, obviously, he's the fourth highest usage guy on this team. They go to him even when he's on the floor with, with either Julius or, or Brunson. Um, his, he missed the free throw in the fourth quarter, which was annoying on the possible end one. But like that was an end of clock situation. And Julius stuck him with the ball with five to go on the clock. What did he do? Methodically gets to the lane, puts up that floater, which has been money for it seems like more than half the year. Again, you'd like to see him make the free throw, but outstanding game. I thought from Emmanuel quickly. I I don't I don't think anybody played terribly. The problem for New York is nobody else played really well. Like Jalen Brunson had 26 points on 19 shots. Like that, you know, that's a good stat line. This didn't feel like a great Brunson game. And again, I keep saying it, we're spoiled already with Jalen Brunson. That we're sitting here looking at 26 points on 19 shots, four assists, one turnover, which was a I mean talk about a maddening turnover in the fourth quarter. It's like, Oh my God, worst possible time. Now granted, I think he came back down the floor immediately and either got a, a, a three point play or made a basket or something, but yeah, but four assists, one turnover again, 26 on 19 shots. Um, that's, and it, it's like, you're watching and you're like, yeah, not a great Brunson game. Right. Like, how do you, how do you justify that with that stat line? Um, some not great defense, you know, from him. Julius Julius oh Julius and not just Julius because it was OB2 if I don't want to put you don't put 22 for 40 from three on on any one or two players or any one position but I did think Julius Randall and OB Toppin were the biggest culprits on the defensive end and I was scrolling Twitter a little bit I saw some other people pointed that out I think Schwinney pointed that out good job by him um Schwinn, that's the only time I'll ever give you a compliment, so you better enjoy it. 
but yeah, I mean, if you're Julius, I, I get you're frustrated with the calls and I get you're frustrated by Royce O'Neal making your life hell. And I thought Julius for most of the first half, I thought he played an outstanding game offensively. I, you know, saved for a couple moments. But like, I thought he was making good decisions. He had six assists in the first half, a couple other shots. Guys had opportunity off of passes from Randall that were really good looks, didn't go down. Um, I thought he was, I didn't mind his process on offense because that's how the Knicks were running it. Defensively, man, you got to, you know, don't go into screens. Don't sag all the way into the paint when you don't need to. Hustle back out. And like Obi too. Obi went under that screen on Watanabe. Read your scouting report, man. Read your fucking scouting report. You got to know that guy shooting lights out from three this year. And that was the one that sticks out. I have a feeling there was probably another one with Obi. I, I didn't think Obi did anything particularly great tonight. Maybe he, I don't know if I want to say he was the worst player. Um, Grimes, I, I God, I love you, Quentin, but two of seven from three, those were all good looks. Maybe I'm asking a little bit too much. Maybe maybe if, if he's three of seven, I'm not saying I don't say anything. Feels like got to start making one or two more of these. And, um, you know, the, the Doris Burke mentioned it tonight. I tweeted it out. Closing out these, the, you know, the, the rush now it's gone too far in the other direction. Like we praised him so often to like, Oh, he's not a guy you can run off the line because he attacks closeouts and good job by him. And the whole thing, you gotta turn those into something good. And there were a couple instances tonight where he attacked the closeout before the closeout ever even really came. And he he flipped the position possession in a poor way for the Knicks. That, look, Quentin Grimes, second year player. You know, I'm not going to kill him for it. Jericho Sims, second year player. This was one of those nights where I felt you really missed Mitchell Robinson. Isaiah Hardenstein, I, I, a bad job by me waiting this line to talk about Isaiah Hardenstein. I thought Isaiah Hardenstein followed up um, a really two really good games. I thought he was good against Boston too. Great against Cleveland. Good against Boston. I thought he was really good again tonight. Good, good Isaiah Harnstein minutes. They needed his offense. How often have we said that? They needed his offense there at the end of the third, big basket, beginning of the fourth. Good Harnstein game. Um, yeah, again, this is a game. I'm, I'm not losing any sleep over this game. It's just, it's annoying. I know I've said it in 18 different ways. It's an annoying game to have unfolded in the way that it unfolded. You know, you don't, you don't mind losing if a team is going to get go insane from behind the arc, but you know, you want to, you want to know that you've left your best effort out there and look, <clears throat> I'll, I'll end with this and then we'll get to the moment of the game and, and uh personal injury report presented by our friends at Weiser Rosenblum. I maintain, I know they won these last two games against great teams. If you get to the all-star break at 500, you've done okay. All right. And they have, they're still in good position to do that. All right. So not the end of the world. Um, don't let it turn into a long losing streak. Um, we'll go through the, the upcoming schedule later, but they're, they're still three games over. So they have some, they have some more wiggle room and maybe, maybe I should set my sights higher. Maybe I should expect them to be two games over 500 entering the all-star break. Maybe that's, we'll talk about it. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100. 
or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, Knicks fans? This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest. With keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and Protein Plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 35 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. In just two minutes, eating vegan or veggie is a snap factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. You know that your factor meal has all of the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. 
And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, there really is no easier way to eat well. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Don't hesitate. Head to factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. Uh, Okay, moment of the game. I have a couple. Um, I feel like I'm going to go with the fourth quickly three as my first moment of the game um, contender. Uh, That was... Mid, I'll look. I'll try to look right now. See if I could see real quick when, yeah, the fourth, the fourth quickly three, made it one hundred eight, one hundred three, which was the closest the Knicks had gotten with three thirty six left. I thought that was really big. Um, <clears throat> I thought the so that's moment of the game contender number one, the Quentin Grimes tip shot that got the Knicks with the, to their closest um, they had been all night, which was within three points with three Oh seven to go. Um, one Oh eight, one Oh five. Great putback by him. And then I haven't done this yet on one of these for moment of the game, but I am going to give a moment of the game to a, a player from contender for, to a player on the opposing team. I'm not giving Kyrie any moment of the game contenders. I, I've sung his praises enough. I'm not, no more flowers for Kyrie. Uh, I'll give it to Seth Curry because I did think actually in the flow of the game when he made that three-pointer, it was at the very end of the clock. The Knicks had played outstanding defense for 23 seconds of the possession. And uh, that was right after the Grimes make. The Knicks had been really making a nice little push at that point. They had made, they had scored, they were on a 10-2 run before that three. And I felt like that was that kind of steadied the ship for Brooklyn. So that's the other moment of the game contender. And um, before we get to the super chats, uh, personal injury report, courtesy of our good friends at Weiss and Rosenblum. Um, Again, it's a kind of the same personal injury report we've been doing, which is that Mitchell Robinson, please hurry back, Mitch. Like I want to talk about this for half a second. I love that Isaiah Hardenstein is showing up doing what he was paid to do this off season. Good job by him. I love that Jericho Sims is getting minutes. I think these minutes are valuable for Jericho Sims. I think Jericho Sims is getting better over the course of games occasionally. I th- you could argue he got a little bit better over the course of this game. I thought he had some nice moments. He finished with six points and 10 rebounds in 27 minutes. So not terrible. I don't think he's missed a shot in like two weeks. We need Mitch back. <clears throat> we need Mitch back. And I, I'm not, again, I'm not putting tonight's defensive Issues on the absence of Mr. Robinson. They could have defended better tonight, but it factors in. So uh, that is your Weiss and Rosenblum personal injury report. Don't forget, call them today. If you think you have a uh, possible case, 212-366-6100 or visit Weissandrosenboom.com. One more time, 212-366-6100. Um, talk to a veteran, not a rookie. I don't. Were there any rookies on the floor tonight? I don't think the, the Nets have any rookies. A lot of some second year players on the court tonight, right? Um, but no uh no rookies in this game. So yeah. Anyway. Okay. 
Stuart, I'm curious where people's minds are at tonight because I could see this one going in one of a couple of directions, but losses are never overtly positive unless they're really certain type of losses. So forgotten NYC. I have a feeling I know which way this is going to go. Okay. I know he's everyone's golden child, but Grimes has been a huge disappointment lately. Shredded on defense and can't hit it open three. I agree. It was jarring jarring on three, four, maybe five occasions to see Grimes just just badly get beat off the dribble. And, you know, like they had him on Kyrie late and those were incredible shots by Kyrie, right? But, you know, I'll go back to a point that I've 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 echoed this point of Benji's and Benji's has Benji has made it himself many times, which is that He's not like he he does have size limitations, you know, and for that reason, he's probably always going to be a notch below your elite defenders. But to your point, he needs to just be an elite defender for his size consistently. And he was not that tonight. I thought his defense got better as the game went on. Um, But errors in defense errors, again, attacking the closeouts. Um and two of seven from three on the looks that he's getting. I, I'm sorry. I, I I need a little bit more. He's been my golden boy. I've tattered. I've sung his praises to no end. Not a good. I, I'll correct what I said earlier. I was like, I don't think anyone had a really bad game for the Grimes didn't have a good game. Grimes did not have a good game. So very fair comment to start us off. Hamdi M. What's going on, Hamdi M? I guess two and one for the week. I mean, again, I'll take it. I would have taken two and one a week ago. Uh, but as fans, we get greedy. So big picture, right? I think I think the reason why I'm not going to lose any sleep tonight is like. I don't worry about this team's effort. I don't worry that this team isn't responding to the coach. I don't worry that this team isn't you know, trying to do the like caring about the right things. Like, I don't worry about those things. I, I, I think <clears throat> it's an 82 game NBA season. You are going to have nights where you come out and you're like, maybe a couple of your players are a little flat on the defensive end. Shit happens. They're, they're real people. They have real lives. Like that's, that's why. And I think big picture, this team is still in a, in a really good place. I, I like the way the offense was always the bigger concern for me. I know they're ranked higher in offense than defense. Now the offense is, is still the bigger concern for me moving forward. Um, because I, I think when Mitch gets back here, we're, we're going to be okay. So I'm not, not going crazy. So big picture, I still like where this team is at, but you know, when you're a, when you're not a great team and they are not a great team, um, we hope they're a good team. You really do. You don't want to leave any on the table. And I'm not sure if this this doesn't quite tonight doesn't quite qualify, especially with that Kyrie performance late. This doesn't quite qualify as a left on the table game. But. You know. You would have liked better. That's it. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Busy. What's going on, Busy? Well, we almost got the sweep on the week. <laughs> Hashtag top end talent. You, great comment, Busy. Uh, you were calling 3-0. I, I feel bad, man. 
because that was bold. You put yourself out there in a significant way to call 3-0 on the week. And they really should have had it. They should have fucking had it. They should have had it. They should have came out and uh, and it. But you know what? You know what I was thinking? I swear to God, this is so bad. As they were falling behind by like 15 points in the first half or whatever it was, I'm watching. I'm like, well, if they went up by 15, if they came out, defended their asses off and like the, the Nets weren't hitting threes and like they were doing what they were doing on offense and they went up by 15 or 20. I'm not sure I would have felt much better. <laughs> about our chances. And I think that says about all you need to know about the 2022-2023 New York Knickerbockers. Thanks, Busy. Appreciate it. Uh, Hannibal Miles, what's going on, Hannibal? Great to hear from you, as always. The shot will eventually fall for Quentin Grimes. I agree. Strangely, I think Fournier would have hit it. Um, is there one... I guess there was one... He There was one moment, right, um, where Grimes had a three that would have cut it to... I should have written this down. It's a bad job by me. I'll look it up. Um, but yeah, he there was at least one. I, I I forget exactly the moment you're talking about, but I'll I'll check it right now. Uh, Jew should have just went for the layup. Props to the unselfishness. Now I know the one you're talking about. Yes. Um, so that was with 145 to go and a chance to cut it to one. And I Julius was on the on the right side of the court, and initially I was annoyed. Because I, and again, I would have to rewatch it. I thought he had RJ in the corner. I mean, RJ was in the corner and he was looking for the ball. I thought RJ was open enough that that was the pass. Um, and I'd be lying if I didn't think to myself for a second, like, hmm, I wonder why I didn't just kick it right to RJ. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. Um, but look, it was it was a great it was a great look. It was a it was a good job by Randall to find Grimes there, and didn't go in. Um, it's annoying. It's annoying. But again, I, again, try try to spin it to a positive big picture. Julius didn't end up having a great game. Didn't shoot it well. Let the refs get to him. Didn't defend well at all. Defended horribly. From a process standpoint, from how he's approaching the game, from how he's approaching the offensive end of the floor, I'm I'm good with where he's at. And I don't know how you could complain too much. And I, I still think he deserves to make the all-star team. Thanks, Animal. Joseph J. What's going on, Joseph? Dor- Doris Burke said it best. The Knicks will give up open threes all game to opponents. They live and die by it. An old philosophy in the modern game. Dora speaking truth on national TV. Love her for it. Look, I, I knew this was going to come up. <clears throat> there's open threes and there's open threes. So, and we've seen every version. <laughs> to your credit, we've seen a lot of different versions of the Knicks defense giving up open threes. So I guess in a way you're right, because like when their defense breaks down, it only breaks down in one way. It breaks down because teams hit a lot of threes. That said, we've seen incredible confusion on defense in terms of guys not knowing where to be. We've seen like the maddening drop coverage involving like guys who should just not be in drop or don't play drop well enough to be in drop. We've seen opportunity, you know, instances where it's just like switch, switch more, right? That wasn't really what happened tonight. This was just guys going under screens that shouldn't have gone under screens. 
This was guys just getting caught up on on picks, just guys being too low when they didn't need to be, like, and not not in like an alert fashion. That's why I, is it a? I don't know if I describe it as a lack of crispness, a lack of urgency. A, a, this was not to me. This was not a oh the Knicks give up a million threes. Their scheme sucks. I. I that's not what tonight was to me. Tonight was a combination of there weren't enough guys locked in on the defensive end. One and two, again, give credit where credit is due. 22 for 40. I don't know exactly how many of those were on shots that you just got to tip your cap. The defense was really good. Maybe about half, give or take two, you know? Um, yeah, it it is what it is. Um, overall, I, I their defense has underperformed. Again, they're missing Mitch. Downplay that at your own risk. That's all I'll say. Thank you, Joseph J. Appreciate it, as always. Ham DM with another one. I'm trying to see the coach through your eyes, John. Serenity now, serenity now. Hope you feel better, my friend. I mean, I, I don't know. what. This is another one of those things. Again, I'm always defending Tom because everybody's so quick to kill him. If people weren't so quick to kill him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so quick to defend him. He's like any other coach. I I find it funny now, a, a certain subset of people who I guess appreciate the fact that I die on this hill night after night after night. Anytime they come across a tweet or, um, well, usually a tweet from some content creator of another team or a fan of another team <laughs> being like, fire this coach. We're never going to go anywhere with this coach. I just, I have to remind you guys, everybody does this. And I feel like every fan base has to have one idiot that stands in, sit in front of a camera, sits in front of a camera, in front of a microphone, and at least, you know, tries to tries to bring some balance to the conversation. Tonight was not a Tom Thibodeau loss, you know. You know, if they consistently came out and did not play crisp defense or didn't try hard enough, like then that's a coaching problem. That's 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 not the problem this team has. Um. I don't know if you're referring to that specifically. You're just saying generally you wish you could see this coach through my eyes. I would not wish that on anyone. It's a fate worse than death. Thanks, Hamdi. Fargo Tufo, F Brooklyn, F Kyrie. Move on to the next one. Great comment. I love that comment. Fantastic. Stevens Guillaume. What's going on, Stevens? Just can't. Beat those damn New Jersey Nets. Can I make an amendment to that? New Jersey Swamp Dragons. Still one of my favorite Zach Lowe pieces ever. Uh, glad you're feeling better, Macri. I'm not feeling all the way back, although this is the... Here, this will tell you how how under the weather I've been. This is the first alcoholic beverage I'm having. What am I having here? Having some nightshine black lager, which is... It's okay. It's the closest thing my my local supermarket has to a, a porter or a, a stout that's that's decent. So it's it's okay. It's good. I like it. But this is the first alcoholic beverage I've I've had in several days. Um and I really really wanted something after the Boston game to celebrate. But uh, a couple post game comments from uh one from Julius Randall. We weren't ready. I, I, I would agree with that sentiment. <laughs> you know what I'd love Julius to do? I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've sang enough of his praises this year that I could critique him a little bit. 
Um, I wasn't ready. Maybe he said that also, and that wasn't just part of the quote. And like, yes, make it about the team, like stick together as a team. You win as a team, you you lose as a team, the whole thing. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, have, wouldn't have killed him to be like, we weren't ready. And in particular, I was not ready. And then Tibbs also had some uh, <clears throat> ta- uh, thoughts on the officiating tonight, which I, I can't, I'm not going to share now because it's uh, not transcribed for me. Okay. Uh, moving on. Dan Hidalgo, what's going on, Dan? I like the lack of the trade for Mitchell. The squad plus Spida is legit, but we need all the pieces we have. Too bad free agency is dead. Um, trying to think. In 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 2024, we're going to be sitting around saying the death of NBA free agency is vastly overrated. I will say this. There is a... a um, and Bobby Marks has talked about it on a couple pods over the last we can change. There's apparently some, t- some discussion uh, as it pertains to the next CBA collective bargaining agreement um, of giving teams the opportunity to extend players who they signed at bargain relative bargain contracts. So guys like OG Ananobi, Jalen Brown, Damana Sabonis, DeJounte Murray, all the, all the guys, coincidentally enough, who were slated to hit free agency in 2024. Um, giving guys like that, or giving the teams that have those contracts to extend guys for more than the max 20% raise and go up to their whatever their max is. That, I don't know if that would be the death of free agency, but it would, I think, alter. I wonder how much it would alter a lot. Of, so, some teams' plans for for 2024 now look i don't think free agency will ever be truly dead um it's neither here nor there look the knicks have they've they've shown their hand they're gonna at some point they're gonna try to trade for that guy and they're gonna need to because that guy whoever that guy is is not going to hit free agency because they just those guys don't hit free agents anymore but i do believe that they will need to make a big free agent signing at some point even though they look they've made two right brunson randall those are two free agent signings so you never know thanks dan luffy what's going on luffy oh this is harsh miles isn't an nba player he hasn't made it three in nine of his last 10 games his defense does not justify his non-existent offense. Get him off the team. Well, a couple things. One, don't get him off the team. He's a second-year player. He's a second-round draft pick. Keep him on the team. They like him. They want to keep him on the team. They should keep him on the team. They should keep developing him. He is a broken jump shot away from being a solid end-of-the-rotation rotation player. <clears throat> His size is always going to be an issue. Even if he was 42% on catch and shoot threes, I still think you put that guy on a real contender. There's a chance he's maybe not seeing more than five, 10 minutes in a really high level playoff game because his size is what it is. And you're going to get teams that are just going to switch him onto big wings who could move with the ball and they're going to take advantage of him. But like that dude's, I think he's an NBA player now. Is he one that should be getting minutes for a playoff team? 
with his offensive liabilities? Maybe not. What I will say, what I will say, I thought he had two nice moments in the first half. Now, granted, one ended in great shame when Nick Claxton um, took the ball that he was trying to dunk in into the rim and um, sent it in some other direction. He also had a drive where he tried to finish at the rim on like a, a somewhat contested layup and it missed. I liked seeing that from him. I liked him trying to attack. It did not end well tonight, but to me, that is a sign of growth and development. And again, for the umpteenth time, I'm going to steal a point from Benji. Um, Like you're seeing those little signs from Deuce. You're seeing those little signs and you like to see that. Didn't end well tonight. Is he hurting the Knicks sometimes right now? Yeah, he's hurting the Knicks. Might be hurting them more than he's helping them. And that's ultimately why I do think this team is going to make a trade, not just to get Cam Reddish out of here, but I think they're really they're That's why you're hearing the Grayson Allen rumors like Grayson Allen comes in, you put Grayson Allen and you give him do some, do some prize minutes. That's going to piss people off to, to no end, but that's going to make them a better basketball team without question. It's going to make them a better instantly. It's going to make them a better basketball team, you know, but don't, don't, don't kick him to the curb just yet. It's a player in there somewhere. Thanks. Luffy. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com